Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode. Today we're going to be talking about personality typing and the entire ordeal around that. So today our guests are Uma Darba. Um, She's a 17-year-old innovator at TKS. She's super passionate about neuroscience and she's currently like doing super legit stuff in optogenetics. We also have Asa Diani. She's she's Aslan's the best she's like super nerdy about psych and she's doing work in bcis so yeah so basically all the three of us we've talked about mbti personality types and just through tks especially i've just become accustomed to my personality type and i just kind of wanted to get your guys' thoughts and like when was your first exposure to like mbti or just like personality typing in general right so my first exposure um i was thinking about this but Basically, I first ever got introduced to MBTI in, like, grade eight. Um, In, like, Ontario, we have my blueprint, right? And so we are, like, going through everything and setting it up. And there was a bunch of quizzes, and one of them was, like, what's your personality type? Actually, the first time I did it, I was looking through it. um, I got ISTP, which is, like, virtuoso. Um, And then I, like, forgot about it. And then I retook the test um, in, like, September of 2020 with TKS. And... Um, I got mistyped again as an INTJ. And then after just a bunch of researching and looking at looking at like a, all the different personality types and taking a bunch of tests um, and just reading about what MBTI actually is, I realized that I'm an INTP. And yeah, now I make it everyone's problem. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate. Yeah, same here. I actually don't really remember when I first got into MBTI, but I think it was in a similar fashion to Uma since we also do my blueprint and I kind of took the test and encountered it a bit probably got mistyped as ENFJ and ENFP but I remember actually being obsessed with it for quite a bit before I was introduced to it in TKS I think for a year before I was a big fan of like the 16 personalities test and got all my friends to do it and kind of just like type myself as an ENFP and then later on when I got more into like the cognitive functions and finding out about what MBTI really is about, I found out I was actually an ENTP. So yeah, it was a pretty fun Ooh, journey. ENTP, so that's super cool. So um, Uma, you're an INTP, and then Asta, you're just like the extroverted version, you're ENTP. <laughs> so I'm ENFP, and I feel like I really liked personality types and like just like different testing too, and I did it in my blueprint as well, and I just loved that I could like answer these questions and based off that, I could like get assigned to something. And my first exposure was definitely like the Hogwarts house like like the like the quizzes and stuff and i'm slytherin obviously slytherin and proud but yeah like just like being associated <laughs> almost like wait Uma, did you not think that was a no i totally no. Had down as a hufflepuff <laughs> you could be a gryffindor no, like, yeah yeah i think you'd be like a mix of like hufflepuff and gryffindor Bro, I'm a Slytherin. Everyone's like, Iman, you're a Slytherin? Like, I thought you were a Hufflepuff. And see, like, that's what I mean. Like, I'd rather be associated with Slytherin than, I mean, Hufflepuff. Like, Hufflepuff, they're adorable. We love them. But, like, you know. No, I just, I'm a Slytherin. So, see, like, that's what I mean. Like, you just want to be associated with that thing. And, yeah, has that changed your guys' opinion about me? About my hidden intentions as a Slytherin? No, because my sister did the same thing two days ago. She was like, I'm a Slytherin. And I was like, well, I thought you were Hufflepuff. And she was like, no. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Your sister no. sounds amazing. Yeah, no, she really <laughs> does, doesn't she? <laughs> That's amazing. So what are your what are your houses? Uh, oh, I'm I know Slytherin. Yeah, I'll say you're Slytherin. And Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw. That makes so much sense. Yeah, INTP Ravenclaw. <laughs> <laughs> INTP Five Wing Four Ravenclaw. It's like, yeah, definitely. Ooh, five and four okay so see this is what i mean like like now we just kind of know like the vibes of like each type and like each house because we've just like explored it talked about it so if you guys want to go into like enneagrams and things like that like four and five like what does that mean right so right um i don't know as much about enneagram as um asa does she's like literally um i was literally having a conversation about um enneagram and a bunch of like different personality stuff with her um like literally yesterday but um, Enneagram is kind of like MBTI in that it's like a personality typing uh, tool. And what it does, instead of having like 16 personalities based on, well, Myers-Briggs, oh yeah, okay. So this is a bit of a tangent, but the way that 16personalities.com works is that instead of taking into account cognitive functions and um, and all the things that make up what like 
MBTI actually is. It bases your personality type off of the dichotomies, which are like um, extroversion versus introversion or intuition versus sensing and um, thinking versus feeling and judging versus perceiving. So it's that's why it's not like accurate because it's like, it just bases out, like just bases your personality type off of like what you like more than the other. Um, and that's why Asa and I like, um, we do not like it. And a lot of exactly. other personality enthusiasts um, don't really like Myers-Briggs or sorry, sorry, sorry 16personalities.com because of that. Um, whereas like Enneagram, it takes into account a bunch of other things and it types you based on types like one through nine. And then it gives you like wings. So like, like my type is five wing four, but there's also another type of five, which is like five wing six. Um, Asa can go way into detail. Right. Whereas MBTI kind of talks about like the functions that you use in your brain in terms of like gathering information and processing it, kind of how you like apply it into the world. And like, Enneagram is kind of like the more instinctual side of your personality. So like your ego, your like hidden desires and stuff like that also like goes back into your like core emotions and your childhood as well. And I actually saw this meme the other day, which I found was really funny. It was like MBTI is like, yeah, you can do this. You have this power. You're so strong and motivational. While Enneagram is like your childhood trauma and like the dark side of your personality. And I was like, that's pretty accurate because it kind of explores the more like hidden human parts of our personality rather than like the computing brain, you know, parts that we use in like our everyday lives. It's really interesting. Okay, so I mean, I'm not that into enneagrams, but I know that I'm two wing three. Do you guys know what that means? Yeah, that means you're amazing. Okay, (laughs) seriously, um, haven't looked too much into type twos. I'm kind of biased in which I look into the types that I find interesting, but (laughs) type two is actually a pretty cool type. They're more like people centric. Two wing threes kind of like are very like warm to the people around them. They like to help the people around them. And with like the three wing, it's also kind of like ambition as well I know threes place a lot of value on like standing in hierarchies and like status so that also adds like an edge of ambition and willingness to like improve yourself and that can also be shown in how you interact with people so it's actually a pretty cool type yeah two are very common in um I think ISFJs um and that like that MBTI so ISFJs are also known as like the caretaker right so or like the defender so I think that also goes along pretty well with your type Iman and ENFP, which is like very like, um, I wouldn't say devoted, but very like caring towards other people and very like people centric. So two and three makes a lot of sense for you, I think. Yeah, exactly. Especially combined with ENFP, because, you know, MBTI is one thing, but when you combine it with Enneagram and all these other like facets of personality and typology, you get like a more specific, accurate representation of yourself. Like you might be different from other ENFPs, like maybe an ENFP seven. But, like, since you're ENFP type 2, it kind of shows that you're more on, like, the caring, nurturing side, more people-centric rather than more, like, involved in, like, your intuition and stuff. So you really, like, do activate that, like, feeling and social part of your personality. Yeah. I also do want to say, though, that, like, I think no matter how specific you get with, like, typology, which you can get, like, very specific, there are so many facets, um, I don't think you'll ever, like, find an exact copy of yourself anywhere in the world so I do want to say that like while MBTI and while Enneagram and while typology is like literally it's it's one of my passions I literally like I do crazy research I fall down insane rabbit holes all the time um there's a lot of people who are like oh MBTI is like is fake it's not real um and like obviously opinions are opinions I just think that like everyone obviously is a different person and it's it's like it's just impossible to type like 8 billion people into 16 buckets. Um, But it's fun, you know, and it helps you understand a little bit of yourself, like a little bit more. So while like Mm -hmm. MBTI and typology is not the end all be all, it's just like a cool way to see different sides of yourself and to understand yourself and find similarities with yourself with other people. And I think that that's like, I don't want to say beautiful because that makes me sound like a simp, but um. (laughs) (laughs) but it's really nice it's intriguing yeah it is it's very mysterious and cool and I think that that's just what is like so fascinating about it yeah exactly kind of explore beautiful yes it was a truly beautiful tangent I think a lot of the ideas that like MBTI is like 
the end goal is like boxing people into like 16 types kind of comes from like the popularization of like 16 personalities and how widespread it's become just because of its system technically is putting you into a box whereas in actual like personality theory for MBTI within your stack it's not as if you have to choose between sensing or intuition actually you have both sensing and intuitive functions in your stack like you literally will have both in your stack whereas within the 16 personalities it's like no you gotta choose one or the other when in reality that's not how people work people will use sensing in their lives people will use intuition in their lives regardless of what they're typed as it's just a matter of what type of sensing do you use what type of intuition do you use and how often do you use it and in what way you use it that's kind of what actual um, MBTI theory takes into account like that's what cognitive functions are which is I feel like we completely skipped over that it's like a it's like literally the most integral part of um, MBTI which is cognitive functions Um, those are different things like I think there's eight and it's like extroverted intuition introverted intuition um, like all all the little dichotomies there's like extroverted and introverted um, like sides to them and those are just ways that you like take in information and like understand your the world around you and your stack is like the hierarchy of how much you use them and how much you like value those different things in your life and that's what basically makes up your personality your MBTI type yeah, exactly. Okay, okay so uh, after hearing you guys speak for a bit, like, there's a bunch of questions that I want to ask. But um, first of all, if someone, so say someone listening, like, they only have done 16 personalities, what other tests or, like, other typing tests would you recommend? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, you, Uma can go ahead with this. <laughs> okay, so yes. the first test that I think is really good is it's called um, Saki Norba, basically S-A-K-I-N-O-R-V-A dot net like slash functions and this the results it looks confusing because it gives you basically the stack of your um like the cognitive functions that we talked about and then it gives you like a how likely are you to be what each type and it just like it gives you a bunch of charts um to describe like what your personality is and it takes into account cognitive functions which is what 16 personalities fails to do as a site so it's like it's just miles more nice. It's just miles more um, efficient and accurate than sixteen personalities. There's also another one, but I think overall the best way is just to like read about all the cognitive functions and read about all the personality types, and then just type yourself. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Because I'd say the tests also will always be biased because you you can't really trust yourself to answer the questions to like the most accurate degree. There's always going to be some sort of bias and the algorithm will always fail to take into account some aspect of your personality that was not captured through like a list of questions. So it's always best to just learn about it yourself and like kind of go through the cognitive functions, see what fits best for you because there are always unique cases. People aren't like a one size fits all. It's not always going to be the same. So you can't really trust tests too much. But I'd say tests like Saki Norva and another one that's called Keys to Cognition Um, I think it's used by some universities as well. They kind of give you like some guidance as to what functions you favor over the other. So if you kind of don't know, oh my God, do I use sensing over intuition? Those test results can kind of guide you in the right direction and tell you which ones you kind of favor and which ones you don't really have developed. And from there, you can kind of find like your most dominant, prominent functions and then kind of branch off and go into more accurate types. So they are kind of more helpful than 16 personalities in finding what cognitive functions you favor. Okay, so I think let's go over like the cognitive functions for a sec. Asta, if you want, do you want to go over like the first two, and then Uma, you can go Asta, over like go the, over all. Of I them. mean, first four. Sorry. Yes, go over all of them. Yeah. All right. For sure. So there are perceiving and judging functions, and I'm probably forgetting because I always literally forget which one are the perceiving and which one are the judging. I'm pretty sure the judging ones are feeling and thinking, while the perceiving ones are sensing and intuition. And as Uma said earlier, each type kind of has an introverted and extroverted side to it. And this doesn't really take into account whether you personally are extroverted or introverted. It just kind of shows whether this function is reflected in the outside world or like that type of processing kind of goes on internally in your mind. So for the perceiving functions, there's feeling and there's introverted feeling and extroverted feeling. And then there's thinking and there's extroverted thinking and introverted thinking. And introverted feeling and introverted thinking 
are really easy to mix up personally just because it's hard to tell what is thinking and what is like kind of like your personal beliefs I think with the feeling functions a common misconception is that because you have emotions you're a feeling type or you're really open to your emotions you're feeling type but I feel that's just not the case because introverted feeling is not always about having emotions it's also about having strong beliefs or strong motivation so people who are religious or people who have like really strong ambition drives or like generally like people who are involved in like civic like social rights and stuff like that they'll generally have strong introverted feeling just because their internal world is very strong and they're like solidified by their internal beliefs whereas introverted thinking is kind of more like as it says like thinking inside your mind they're thinkers they're analysts they kind of take in information from outside and kind of compute it inside their head and create like kind of frameworks that they like to follow so they are pretty different but like also kind of easy to mix up because of the common misconception that if you have emotions, you're a feeler. As for the extroverted side of it, um, it's pretty self-explanatory for extroverted feeling. It's really just how you kind of interact with the feelings of others and how you display your feelings outwardly. So it's a very social function in which people who are extroverted feeling dominance are very, very social. They're very good at picking up the vibes like ex- in their external world. And that's kind of what the function is about. Whereas extroverted thinking is just picking up information from the outside world and kind of taking in data points from outside and being as objective as possible. Right. Like, wow. Okay. So obviously it's like a lot to like explore if someone's like new to it. So I think like the best um, cause of action is probably like taking the test and then exploring like each function for yourself Mm -hmm. and seeing like if you align with some of them, but I kind of wanted to go into like certain uh, different types and your interactions with other people after like being personality enthusiasts that's like Uma said so what I find myself doing is like if I meet someone I kind of like first off the bat like I ask them like oh what's your personality type and I end up like either making an assumption like just I, I was telling Asta like last week and and Uma I met someone who is an ESFJ and I was like I, I don't know like I don't vibe with sensors that well like the sensor is like the S like the S in there and their four letters and I was like yeah I just don't vibe with them like and it already set me up to like not become like close or not having not having like high level conversations with them so do you guys find yourself doing I that too? used to do that oh wow <clears throat> this coffee really got stuck in my throat um I used to do that and then I realized like it's just it's just so much work like who cares <laughs> right it's exactly just, like, like who cares and also like so many people are gonna have so many different interactions like like I said before like just because you're in like my INTP my INTP behavior is like vastly different from someone else's what is going on with my voice is vastly different from someone else's (laughs) INTP behavior and like sometimes the internet is going to say like oh yeah two INTPs are going to be best friends but other times the internet's going to say oh yeah they're going to hate each other because they're like thoughts clash and it's just like it doesn't matter but also, like, sometimes it, I do agree that if you, like, notice a common trend among different personality types, it gets hard and you kind of, like, start putting up a wall. And that's why I think a lot of people criticize MBTI and personality typing because it does that. It's, like, if you get too into it and if you start, like, letting it lead your life in the way that a lot of people let, like, astrology lead their lives, um, it, you start doing the same thing with MBTI. It's, like, very unhealthy, I think. Like, I've been told that INTPs and ESFPs will never get along. Um, But I have a couple ESFP friends that I actually, like, I can spend, like, a lot of good times with them. Um, On the other hand, I've been told that INTPs and ENTJs are the perfect match, the golden pair. Um, But there are many, many, many ENTJs who I interact with, and and I do not like interacting with them at all. So it's like, at the end of the day, MBTI is not is not like a valid reason to like be friends with someone or to not be friends with someone um, or to connect to someone or to not connect with someone because it just all depends on the way that you guys communicate with each other. And if you guys, if you can find like effective communication methods and if you can find like common similarities and common interests, then it's, it's fine. Like it literally doesn't matter. That also may be just cause I'm lazy and I was like, I'm too lazy to, you know, just like talk to people and, and like put up walls. Like I'll just talk to whoever talks to me. Um, actually, no, that's a lie. Um, Uh, but it's just it doesn't matter is at the at at the end of the day what matters is the way that you guys interact with each other and not 
the way that your personality types are deemed to interact with each other. Yeah, for sure. Uma literally like took the words out of my mouth. That's exactly what I have to say. At first, I find myself doing the same thing. And then I'm like, this is so exhausting, actually. Why do I have to keep just thinking about other people's personality types and let MBTI consume how I interact with others? It's too much of a bother. And I'd rather make my own judgments. And I guess that's kind of my ENTP behavior coming out where I want to trust my own judgment. And I don't want to let like external factors kind of affect what I think of a person I want to get to know them for themselves so when I meet people kind of it's kind of like a routine I've developed I kind of like to garner their personality myself and come to like my own conclusion on what I think their type is and it's really like much of a better way than like ask them straight away what their personality type is and make judgments because I feel like I'm building my own like judgment of them from my interactions with them and it's much more like fruitful and feels like a better relationship I guess so it's not me completely ignoring like the little MBTI voice nagging in my head that's like what's their type ask them what their type is tell them to take this test it's kind of just me building my own relationship with them and coming to my own conclusions. yeah I agree also um something that just came to mind like this is a given but every type has their own like strengths and weaknesses right like every type um, is mm-hmm. is super good at some things and maybe not the best at other things. But I think that when we analyze our relationships, we fail to recognize that like we also have weaknesses and we only look at like, oh, well, how is this like, how is this personality type going to negatively impact me? But it's never like, how's my personality type going to negatively impact them? And that's where like communication comes in, right? Because it's like every personality is so amazing and fascinating and interesting in their own way. And if you focus on that rather than focusing on like, oh, like I just, I don't really get along with them or like, um, yeah, or like, oh, they don't do really well in like, they're not very social creatures and therefore we're not going to get along. Then like, I just think that it, it, it blocks a lot of interesting conversations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wait, that's really interesting because I've been viewing like personality types. I, I'm not like that. Into, I'm not as into it as you guys are, but I'm still like, it's very interesting to me, especially because like uh, my typing, it just resonates with like, it just checks off all the boxes to what I think I am. So for me, like these, like what you said, Uma, I've never really like reflected on how my personality affects them. It's usually like all like centered towards me. And I, I don't know if that has something to do with my personality, but I mean, I think I'm just going to be more cognizant of that now. Um, but yeah, so are there any like certain personality types? Like just, this is just like a fun thing. Like I know we don't have to like go like too deep into it, but are there like some that you like really like or like some that you just would rather not um, talk to? Bro, I have so much. Yeah, no, I, I, can go I was saying okay. before how I was like, I love interacting with ESTPs. Um, this is not really like a personality like typology thing. I haven't really read anything about like inner type relationships between ESTPs and ENTPs, but I just find like a common pattern where like, STPs overall even ISTPs my interaction with interactions with them are so funny because we literally are like in arguments with each other and I find like you can see that into my in my day-to-day life with my sister she's an ISTP and I find it so hilarious because her personality is generally like uncaring towards like social like interactions and stuff and they don't really care too much about like appearances but I always love to push her buttons I don't know why it's just you know, how, like, our relationship, you know, like, cat and mouse type relationship, and I find the interactions are just so funny, like, the little, like, fights we have, but how we still, like, get along with each other, and we still enjoy each other's company, so I really do love STPs, just because, like, how they keep me on my toes, and it's just so fun interacting with them, the spontaneous energy from them. I think I, um, I want to interact in real life with more ISTPs, um, because I only know a couple, but definitely in, like, media, um in the shows I watch I really like cough cough, cough, cough anime. Anime. um <laughs> like my favorite characters are they always tend to be like the ISTPs um in real life though I think I have a very um complex relationships complex relationship with like ENTPs um because like my relationship with my sister um <laughs> and also Asta like I can get along with Asa very well and we have really good conversations um with my sister like I have very good interactions with her um also I think the INTP ENTP dynamic is very like it's very funny we always like bounce ideas off each other we're also very good when it comes to like 
being mean to people or like making fun making fun of people <laughs> um I don't know if that's something that's to really be proud true. of but like I've noticed a lot in, on like Tumblr or whatever um when people describe like INTP ENTP dynamics it's always like the meme team um and I think that does stand to be very true um just in the way that we interact with each other and talk about other people like it's it's very good but also I think that ENTPs can tend to be um I don't know if obnoxious is the right word but a very I actually do know what yeah. you mean. Yeah, they have a stereotype of being Reddit incels. Yeah. Like, are, they're oh. like facts over feelings. You know, that little stereotype? I t- Like, if you could personality type a stereotype, I'd personality type Reddit incels as ENTPs. Cause just because, like, you know, the whole debate. Yeah, yeah exactly. The debate thing. Snowflake. It's like, they're so argumentative. Oh okay, obviously, I literally, I'm going back on what I said, where I was like, don't, like, categorize every MBTI. Um, mm-hmm. But like, yeah, my sister is very like uh, an argumentative person. I'll be like, vacuum your room. And she's like, but I don't want to. And I'm like, okay, what? Like, why are we arguing about this right now? Like, why is this an argument? (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I think ENTPs, I have a very complex relationship with them. But at the end of the day, I really do enjoy interacting with them. Oh, I'm the opposite. If I meet other ENTPs, it's so... Personally, I find when I find someone who's as argumentative as me, I feel like I need to get the upper hand. And it irritates me so much to meet someone like me who's so stubborn (laughs) and like, you know, just argumentative. And I'm like, no, I need to get the upper edge. And I just, it's so exhausting. And I just like, you know what? Like, I'm gone. Like, that's the one time in my life where I'm going to be like, I'm gone from this argument. Like, I cannot do this. I cannot interact with you. That's like me meeting people who have my personality type. (laughs) Wait, that's so true. Like, sometimes, I don't know, sometimes I haven't met many ENFPs, but when I do, I kind of feel, like, threatened by them. I don't know. Like, I just, like, <laughs> like my presence as an ENFP, like, it's just, I am I feel like I'm always, like, the center. Like, I want to be, like, I want all the attention, like, not all the attention on me, but I just want to, you know? You exactly. Know I, mean? like, I, I know what you mean. Be very flowy and, like, interact with everyone. Like, make everyone comfortable. Make the space good. And, like, when there's another ENFP, I'm, like, when there's other extroverted people, like, I just, I don't like it because I, I want to speak. And, like, when other extroverted people speak, I just get, like, no. That's why, like, I literally love, like, all the ion types. Like, INTJs, I love them because, like, my first interactions with INTJs was was Pavan. Yeah, Pavan, like, in TKS. Like, his, the way, like, we had, like, a meeting once. And the way, like, he thought was just completely different from me. And it was just so, like, I was just, like, really curious about it. I was like, why, why, like, how? Like, why is this a thing? Like, how does he think that way? And he's just, like, not a feeler at all. Very logical, <laughs> very rational. He literally, you know how we time, he follows every single time block, like, to a T. Like, he doesn't miss his time blocks. And then there's me, like, who time blocks one day and then still doesn't follow the time blocks which is but yeah so intjs and infjs because they're just so precious like i just want to and infps like i just want to like they're just so precious i know infps <laughs> yeah i know asta doesn't like infps like why why um personally oh my god this is gonna hurt you iman because i don't like people who use introverted feeling i thought i was an introverted feeling user for the long as time but i was just confusing my extroverted feeling with introverted feeling i was like oh i feel so I must be an ENFP instead of an ENTP. So I really was involved in that. But like after I kind of got out of that bubble and realized, okay, never mind, I was kind of wrong and I was kind of being like stereotypical and that's not my personality type. I kind of like looking at other INFPs and ENFPs, I found I was always so different from them and I always couldn't relate to like their emotion. I just don't like introverted feeling as a function just because of how it works. It's like your own (laughs) beliefs and your own feelings. And at times when it gets unhealthy, and I encounter a lot of unhealthy INFPs and ENFPs, a lot of them, it can get really selfish and self-centered about their own feelings. And I just can't relate to that thing about being overdramatic about your own feelings. (laughs) And it just, it irritates me a bit. Overdramatic? Okay, no. No, we, okay. We just feel things to a different extent than you, okay? (laughs) Like you might feel like something like 0%. We feel it at 2000. Like we feel like physically, like, I feel like, I, I honestly think, like, I, ENFPs and INFPs might be, like, the most depressed, like, people. No, like, there's, really? like, a pool of depressed people. Yes. Like, oh, okay, a little subtle flex. I was, like, I searched, like, what was the smartest personality type? It was I, ENFP first and then INTP. So, me and Umar are smart. Asta. 
<laughs> just become introverted. Bro, be chill. You're going to activate my debater. <laughs> <laughs> no, but true. There actually is kind of, like, this little, like, inside joke in the community where, like, INFTs are depressed. Just because, like, I find they're not afraid to delve into the sadness. They're not oh, afraid yeah. to delve into the emotions. They're not afraid to dwell in it and kind of, like, explore it in like different ways which is why they're kind of known as the oh they're in touch with their feelings they're like you know out there and especially like the intuition it's like especially conceptual i know isfps can be kind of similar to enfps and infps because their dominant is also introverted feeling so they're also kind of like you know feeling but the way they represent it since they're sensors they can show it through like their clothing choice or through like are like they'll reflect it in the outside world and they'll like looking at like nature and stuff like that it's like a really prominent part of their personality so it's really like kind of sense like in terms of like senses and like physicality like that's how they kind of express their emotions it's like especially with like INFPs and ENFPs they kind of express it in like conceptual thoughts and like ways and like in like that little disjointed way so it's like really ambiguous and like kind of melancholic in a way which is why they're kind of known to be like depressed or emotional okay wait stop not me like having like a whole revelation over what you said literally every time i try to like externalize my feelings especially about like love and like all that stuff it's always so like discombobulated is that even a word (laughs) i don't know it's it's that word it's disconnected it's always like try it's like it's like a disjointed conceptualization and i just can't express how it like you know and like that's why I love INFPs because it's like that unspoken level of just like, you know, of just like depressed depressiveness, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's literally so like melancholic. Like, I think just, that INFPs so and ENFPs, they, I remember like a Slack post that I think Iman commented on, um, or she replied to in the thread, um, and this was something that confused me for so long. But it was like someone asked, like, "Oh, is sadness good?" And then I think Iman responded with something about how like sadness was like beautiful and I was like what I was like are you I was like are you I was like like, are you serious right now like is that is that for real um and I I didn't say anything about it because I I know that like my thinking processes are are not like universal so I was like whatever like I mean everyone's different and I find that I find people that like I find differences fascinating and and I think they're intriguing but I just like I could never understand how sadness is beautiful. Um, and I've read it in like poetry and things like that. But I just think it's like, and I remember Pavan replying and saying like, it's it's stupid. And I was like, yeah, I do think it's stupid. Like, <laughs> no, but, okay, wait, 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 wait. So I think funny. that I, I hate sadness. I think it's annoying. But I do think that sometimes it's necessary in order to make decisions. And I think that it's necessary for personal growth and for mental growth. But I don't think that it's a nice feeling. And I don't think that it's beautiful. I just think it's necessary for human existence. Oh, man, this is really cool, actually. Because for me personally, as an ENTP, and I've been pondering on this so long, I was wondering when I thought I was an ENFP, I was like, why am I not like them? Why why do I not think the same way? I was like, I can't feel the connection here. I can't feel the similarity. And then later I found out ENTP's blind spot is actually introverted feeling. So... In that term, I cannot, I literally will not, like, be very conscious of, like, what I feel. It's, like, what, since I'm, like, an extroverted feeling user, it'll be more, like, other people will influence me. Like, if everyone's, like, you know what, let's get fired up. Let's work on this project. I'm gonna be, like, okay, well, I guess I gotta get fired up, too. Okay, yeah, I'm fired up. And if everyone's sad, I'm gonna be, like, okay, the atmosphere here is kind of sad. I guess I gotta be sad, too. Stuff like that. It's never really about, like, what I feel. I'll never, like, stop and, like, think about myself and I'm like how am I feeling about this you know it's like kind of like so in terms of sadness I won't be able to like get that depth or like think I about think it. that what it is for me is that I recognize that it's there but I'm unable to process it so like if something like I'm really not going to give explicit examples but something like that happened and it it made me sad like quote unquote sad I knew that I was sad but I also like never reacted emotionally like I, I didn't cry. I was like perfectly like I was fine. Um, but I knew I was sad. And I just like I like it was in my head that I was sad. Whereas or on the other hand, I won't know what I'm feeling until I go and I sit. And then like five hours later, I'll be like, oh, I'm upset. Or I'll be like, oh, I'm jealous. So that's what it is. But I won't like actually recognize it. And I like, <laughs> yeah, so I know it, but I am like very unable to process it. And um, until I like bottle up all my feelings unconsciously and then I 
like have an emotional outburst, which I think is a is a thing that happens to INTPs pretty often is like they're pretty prone to like bottling up their feelings until they react and they have an outburst, which is like not good. Um, but then like it just settles and then and then you just restart. It's like a cycle. So yeah, in terms of like feeling sad or negative feelings, like I just know they exist and I know that they're necessary, but I I I haven't processed any like negative feelings in a while, I don't think. Yeah, I can really honestly relate to that. Actually, it's where like I won't be able to really understand what it is that I am feeling. It'll be like and I'll try and get those answers from other people and like I said before that's like the extroverted feeling it's like I'll try to get the feeling from others it's like I'll like search it up and stuff it's it's actually crazy because I won't be able to kind of tell my own thoughts and like tell what's actually what I want versus what like other people want and that's kind of INTPs can relate too since their functions are kind of similar for as like ENTPs so that's why I can kind of like relate to Uma in which like the introverted feeling aspect is kind of like lacking there yeah i see i see yeah so this is okay so this is very interesting because i feel like everyone regardless like they do have like a bunch of different thought processes in it and it's oh (laughs) oh well i mean okay so asta's out of the video call but i know she's still we can still hear her hi asta yep i'm still here (laughs) okay um anyway so Asa just join back when you can but we'll just talk like this um so yeah like it's very interesting like seeing how so many people different people have like different thought processes and it's all like affected by like their experience like what they grew up knowing things like that but I don't know I kind of want to bring up the fact that a lot of people like regardless of personality like a lot of people want to fit into a box which is kind of like like it's kind of contradictory because usually it's like no like we don't want to fit into a norm or a a standard but like people do like labels like think about this like Uma like if I ask you like who are you like you'd probably mention like your like your race hi Asta you'd probably mention like (laughs) yes you probably mention like your race like who you are like your age like where you're a student at like there's different labels that we tie to our identity that's why people like personality tests or just like different tests in general like they want more things to associate themselves with and it's just interesting like why like like why we want to do that like as a like it's not necessary for survival like same with like sadness like sadness is apparently necessary for survival but going into like a certain box like it isn't but that's like why are they so popular i think it is it it is like evolutionary evolutionarily necessary for survival like if you think back then um you realize that like in order to survive and in order to like not be killed in a world of like survival of the fittest, then you need to be associated with a group of like strong people or you need to be associated with like, if we really go back to like, I don't know, I really, I'm not educated enough to like on history and the evolutionary on evolutionary science. So I don't want to say something that's wrong, but it seems intuitive that like in order to not be killed, you want to be associated with the strongest people. And so in order to like label yourself as that, you would be associated with like, you know, strength and things like that. Um, so I think labels are, they're, they're not, they aren't necessary for survival anymore, maybe, or if you think about it, then maybe they are. But um, saying that they like, maybe just cut this whole part out. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that they are like necessary for survival in some way. And then evolutionary, like evolution just brought them like that instinct with us. So now we just want to like, the idea of like feeling included and being part of a group is not like native to only one personality type like that's pretty like widespread across the human race so just feeling that sense of belonging is not out of the ordinary and I think that it's very normal to want to feel that yes I'd agree I'd say there's also another kind of aspect to it kind of also like looking for like procreation it's kind of like packaging yourself as a product yeah that makes sense. yeah 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 yeah, for it's sure kind of like marketing yourself whoa what it's like not to get too much into like consumerism but it's like you're kind of defined by what you consume and what you buy it's like the music you listen to the clothes you wear and stuff like that they're all central like aspects of your personality like I'm a fan of like this book series I'm a fan of this and that I consume this media and all that it's like packaging yourself up as a product it's kind of like I'm not sure if this is scientifically related. I've actually thought about this and this is kind of like my own hypothesis, kind of. 
it's ha- like how animals kind of like show displays to like mate I guess and like <laughs> and kind of like put, put like their own identity together and like do displays I know like birds do like these mating dances or whatever and I'd say that's like human <laughs> forms of kind of doing mating dances because it's like oh I like your style I like how you do your hair we have the same interests you know we like each other it's kind of like finding that group as well Yo, like kind Asta. of goes along with what Uma says. Yo, Asta, I've been like brushing up on my uh, dancing skills lately. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna show me a mating dance or something? Yes, I like. Are you free tonight? Like, <laughs> I, I can I can show you my mating dance. Okay, I'll be waiting outside my house then. Your house? Okay, bet, bet. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Personality types are very interesting, and it's just a lot of. Like, I think humans in general, we just like to make assumptions. Like, we try to, like, ha- like we have, like, a confirmation bias, you know? And, like, we have assumptions that we want to be confirmed and just things like that. And, like, the act of making assumptions and getting them right. Oh, my God. Like, the amount of times I've guessed, like, people's MBTI types and, like, I've gotten it right. <laughs> it's just the amount of satisfaction, man. It's great. And I'm pretty good at it. I'm, like, very good at typing INTPs now. I've guessed about like five different INTPs because Uma's INTP, my little sister's INTP, and literally last night I asked my friend, I asked her, "Is your brother an INTP?" I've talked to her brother like once, like we don't associate, and I was right, he's an INTP. So the vibe check. You only pass the vibe check if you're an INTP. Everyone else fails. That is so (laughs) INTP. I second that as an ENTP. I'm like, I'm like the number one ENTP haters. And like, this is more into like the bad sides of ENTP. It's just like generally, they're very validation craving people. I think like I said before, they'll kind of look to other people. I think that's the same for ENFP. I think that's the same with a lot of extroverts. And I also think that that's why I personally don't like them. Um, extroverts is just in general there's a very like limited amount of extroverts that I can handle um yeah it's just like I can't deal with I don't give validation like freely I just don't I don't like care enough to give validation it's like if I if I compliment someone then I mean it if I don't then I won't say anything you know so it's like being around people who like want validation even if it's fake I think I see this trend especially with um ENFJs where it's like the the cognitive functions or the stack with INTPs versus ENFJs is like um, INTPs will only connect with someone if they see a reason to like I'm I'll only connect with someone if if like there's a mutual interest or if there's like a if there's a reason to Um, and yeah so it's basically like interest and understanding comes first and then connection comes whereas ENFJ is a complete opposite where it's like you connect first and then they'll be real with you, um, which is also very valid, but it's just not the way that I function. So when I am surrounded by a bunch of ENFJs, sometimes it's really good because I have, I'm have i like close enough with them and I notice like a really good, like I have amazing relationships, probably the best relationships of my life with a lot of ENFJs. But I also have very like, I stay like very distanced from a lot of ENFJs because like it's opposite, right? ENFJs want connection first, but I want understanding first. So it's very like, mm-hmm. I, I forget what question I was answering. No, I can see what you mean actually with like ENFJs. They're actually a very intriguing personality type to me. I find ENFJs actually are very broad in which their dominant function is kind of extroverted feeling. So the ways in that manifest can be like very different. Some of them can be extremely nurturing. They can be like caring. Some of them could be like egotistical. They could be like, you know, like what's up, hey guys out there. And they could like seem as if they're like another type. It's like, since that feeling is like out there, it's kind of like an external display of it and like relates from how they interact with other people. It's kind of like dependent on other people, I guess, in the way. It's very different as well. And I can see what you mean in which they kind of seek connection first. I remember early in TKS when everyone kept getting typed <laughs> as an ENFJ. I found that especially funny because all my friends were getting like typed as ENFJ and I was like, there's no way you aren't ENFJ. You are not nice enough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that's mean, but I'm like, you're not, you're not open enough in terms of connections. And I kind of developed like a little prejudice every time someone tells me they're an ENFJ. I'm like, no, you're not. I'm going to prove that you're wrong. That's kind of like an ENTP trait. 
I can definitely see what you mean. It was like ENFJs are kind of like a really interesting type and in how they interact with others because the central part of their personality is how they interact with others. What's your opinion on censors? Like ES, IS, like any of the t- I know I Elon has like a bias amazing. against them. I want I, but I want to debunk it because here's the situation. Censors are not incapable of connection. I think that's definitely a, a huge myth. Censors just have a different way of processing information. Um, and I think that they're incredibly interesting people. Um, okay, so with me, I don't have a bias. It's just like, I just don't understand how they work. And because I don't understand, it's like, it just doesn't make sense. Because everyone, like all the IN types, EN types, like I just connect with them immediately because like of that intuition. Like, I don't know. Like I've just, in every sensor I've talked to, it's like always like a surface level, like, yeah, how are you? Like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it's nice. And like the vibes are good. And then like, that's it. Like no more conversation. Mm, I see. So I, I mean, know. a lot of the times they might also be mistyped, to be honest, if okay. they have taken but, the same like, personality. I don't know. Can we, like, I just don't know. I, think that, I just don't know. Like, I, like, I feel like it's a bias against how sensors, people don't really understand what sensing yeah. is in itself. Okay, then try and, try and the way make it represents me, like, itself. Understand. See, the thing with sensors is that, personally, I find they're, it's hard to spot because there's such a big, wide variety of them. 70% of the world's population is sensors. And intuitive people are so easy to spot because they're like that little, you know, those people who just think and they're like, you know, those thinkers, they're so easy to spot. And so like collected too. you can find them in like certain areas, like they kind of group together as well in like intellectual spaces, stuff like that. You can easily find intuitive since they're such a small part of the population. The reason it's so hard to flesh out sensors is because there's such a wide variety, like 70% of the population and all of them are sensors and they're all different and they display that in so many different ways. I find it's really easy to mistake them for people who use intuition as well because there's kind of a misconception that like sensors really don't trust anything that they can't like feel or see with their own eyes they can't pursue intellect which I find is really wrong because I actually like talk to MBTI with like a lot of other people I kind of like join like discord servers and like talk to them about it and I find sensors are usually like the most knowledgeable on these type of stuff and it kind of like debunked like that little thought I had in my head that sensors can't be like intellectual because they're so like smart and so into like all this conceptual stuff they're just interpreting the information in their own way if that makes sense so it's actually quite hard for me to explain as well since like I'm not a sensor I can't really say what the experience is like but let me give you introverted sensing as like an example okay so in essence introverted sensing is when something has worked for you in the past and you do it again. That's literally the best explanation I've seen of it in like one sen- like one sentence. It's like using your past experiences to kind of help you out in like future things. So like you have like kind of routines, ISTJs and ISFPs, they'll, you know, be like very like good at like approaching things and like practice and well, like well thought out ways, I guess. And like, for ENFPs and ENTPs, this is such a little blind spot. It's their inferior function because they're so bad at learning from their mistakes and make the same old mistakes and cannot develop like a one-way thing because of their intuition. They always gotta try new different ways and like keep doing new different things. So that's kind of their blind spot. But that's kind of what introverted sensing is. And it's kind of like physical experiences. People think of it as like sensing has to be in the material world, but really it isn't. It can just be like, a physical experience literally anything that's just like oh I'm getting like kind of lost with my point but like it can be physical experiences that you have in the real world for example extroverted sensing they're kind of like they like to have fun experiences with others it's like what experiences can I have in like the external world they're like let's go check out this new place let's go try this new food and in like unhealthy ways they can become like like involved with addictions and stuff like that but it's kind of like an abstract concept in itself and many people think it has to be like sensing means something that you hold in your hands they're like athletic they like sports they like things like that they can hold and see but that really isn't the case it's more abstract than that also i think that um sensors not i think i know sensors are very like grounded in their reality and they're very aware of their surroundings which i think is something that i severely lack um I like my head goes off into like random spaces and I just like get lost in my thought and even though I'm not like daydreaming about like um 
I'm, I'm not daydreaming and like my thoughts don't often get mixed in with my feelings and I'm thinking about like abstract concepts and things like that. Um, but like sensors are able to like converse about abstract concepts and they're able to have like deep conversations, but they're also at the same time very aware of what's real and like what's real to them and what isn't. They're very aware of their surroundings in terms of like sensory. Have you ever watched an Emma Chamberlain video? She's very aware yes. of her surrounding all the time. No. Um, like she's, she's like, oh yeah, like I need, like, I'm thirsty right now. And like, I'm, I'm hungry right now. Or like, I want to go do this. Or the wind feels really cool on my face, you know? And she's like, she's very aware of what she's feeling, but she's also like a thinking type, which is kind of another tangent, but like, whatever, that's not the the point right now. The point right now is like sensors are very (laughs) aware of like what they're feeling and what they want to do. Whereas, um, intuitives get very mixed up and oftentimes can't really sort information into buckets. So that's why it can often get a little bit confusing in terms of interactions because like it's kind of a, a clash of like organization tactics or like thought tech, like the way that brains work. But sensors are incredibly fascinating creatures. I think personally, I get along with introverted sensors much better um, because again, extroverts are, are scary to me. Um, but like introverted sensors, especially ISTJs and I, um, ISTJs and ISFJs, I have like very, very good connections with them. ISFJs, especially, I think are like, they're, they're like the person that like checks up on me when I'm not like, they are the mom friend. Mom friend. They're like the one, but it's not like in a, in like a overwhelming way. It's just like, Hey, like, did you eat today? And I'm like, Oh no, you're right. I didn't eat today. So I think like there are so many connections and there are so many different aspects and there's so many like things that people need from a person and sensors have so much to offer. And it often gets overlooked by intuitives because I think intuitives have some sort of superior superiority complex for like God knows why. Um, for real. Oh my God. Somebody needs to get yeah, intuitives for off real. No, it's so irritating. So I'm like, guys, like what? Especially sensor hate. I'm like, personally, it's so funny because I remember like Ohm and TKS, I was talking to him because I know he's also like kind of like not a big fan of sensors. And I was like, I'm going to brain date this guy and I'm going to prove him wrong with my facts, with my hashtag facts. And then I come to him and I'm like, wait, I look you agree with him though. <laughs> but like, it's, it's my ENTP trait. This is actually a bad trait of ENTPs. I don't know if this is ENTP or this is just me. But even if I agree with a point, my first instinct will be to attack it. And if I'm working in a group and a point gets brought up and I'll like, I'll immediately like, become like the, the other side of it to attack it and I agree with it I'm on your side I'm just trying to poke holes in it and like see if it makes sense or not but like I did that once and I was like I kind of am agreeing with what he's saying in which sensors are different and it might be hard for them to understand like how intuitives are like all over the place and just like you know like ugh, they're like in their minds all the time and it's just not like very present I can get how it's kind of hard to communicate in that way but on the other hand they do like make valuable friends and you can have lots of valuable relationships with them. And since they're such a big part of the world, they have like so much to bring, you know? It's not like they're terrible. You can't hate 70% of the population, honestly. You can't box them all either. Okay. Yeah, I think you guys are right. I think I was just like, "Eh, I don't know how their brain works. So I don't want to- It takes time, but also like it. it takes time to get to know someone who doesn't have the same thought process as you and is very different. But also Iman, like you became friends with me. Um, and like, I don't talk. <laughs> so I think it's possible. <laughs> you know, I think you had to yeah. you had to break down no, like funny, many like... walls. Um and I and I really applaud you for that okay. because like I would probably Yeah, applaud no. for that. <laughs> no, that is a big feat befriending an INTP and then actually like being comfortable near you. I'm honored. Yeah, you should be. I'm so honored, like literally. ENFPs are so good at that. ENFPs are so good at coming and just breaking down every single wall. I don't know what it yeah. is. You guys are like magic or something. For real. I think they like they're they're like obviously um, exactly they're commonly labeled as like introvert adopters. Um <laughs> Wait. That's yeah. I think like literally all my extrovert friends are either ENFJs or ENFPs, um, because they're all very like adopting and like caring people who are like I can I can converse with without feeling like attacked um or like without feeling 
I don't know. I just, I oftentimes just can't deal with extroverts. I already said this like seven times, but I'll say it again. I can't deal with them either. I yeah, I think ENFPs, like, they, they need to be like the token <laughs> extrovert in the room. So that's why they, like, don't like interacting or they don't like being in a group with, like, other extroverts because it's like their, their individuality gets threatened. Um, well, imagine being with thinking extroverts. ENTJs and ESTJs. <laughs> ENTJs, man. The, the Okay, but also but, like, there's really good ones level. too. True, true. Can't be there's, serious. There's no yeah. bad for everyone. But like we can all agree there's no bad. There are ENFPs. horrible ENFPs. <laughs> no bad ENFPs. There are very horrible ENFPs, Iman. Some of them just love to dump all their problems on you and cry about their problems and cry about the world and make it everyone's problem when you did not ask. Some of them love to... Okay, no, this is just ENFP hate. <laughs> I swear, I could do this for, like, every personality type because every personality type just has, like, their little nuances and the little things that, like, kind of they relate to. And I find that really cute how you can just, like, kind of know so much about a person and kind of, like, pinpoint, like, the aspects of their personality. And I feel that's, like, what I, why I like MBTI yeah. so much. It just yeah, me I think that that is something Aww. that I also really relate to as the introvert in the room is that, like, I don't want to go out of my way to make connections with people um, and, like, I I don't want to do the work of, like, breaking down walls because I just feel very uncomfortable. But if I'm able to use MBTI to just kind of understand, like, what works and what doesn't with a specific person, like, obviously, not, not all types are, like, not everyone with the same type is the same. But if you have a couple, like, defining or not defining, if you have a couple, like, similar traits or, like, native traits to all of them, then you can, then I kind of understand how to, like, not manipulate the system, but get around the system and like just understand someone on a deeper level because I can't do that like naturally. Like I'm just unable to connect with people um, very well. But it's it's fun when you have MBTI as like a tool or just general personality typing as a tool to understand like how you can connect with someone better and just make it easier. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that thing about like trouble connecting with people I think that's just like a TP like thing I found like ESTPs ENTPs ISTPs it's very hard for that type specifically to like make a connection with people just because their feeling traits aren't very strong compared to as other types and I find that's why actually I a lot of like ISTPs ENTPs INTPs are so into MBTI I find in a lot of the spaces where I talk about MBTI with others there are a lot of those types like populated within them and I find because they're attracted to the fact that they can help understand people better and connect with them better through this thing I feel like it's that kind of like they're like how they analyze that like thinking part of their personality they're able to like take a framework that they're that they get comfortable with and familiar with and apply it to make some aspect of their life Mm -hmm. better which I find like really interesting it's it's nice to be able to have something like that to like refer to um because it's weird to like have to talk to people figure it out you know it's like, why, why would I talk to you when I can just read this mm. article and then figure out how to talk to you? <laughs> this article to talk to you. So yeah, like, it's like, there's, it's super wholesome. And like, there's really wholesome reasons as to like, why you can explore like different types. But yeah, it's just like a, it's the bushels of fun. It's just so much fun. But you definitely shouldn't rely on like your own assumptions after like you meet someone, like just get to know them. I think, and also don't just discriminate sensors. Yeah. That's my main takeaway. <laughs> like, also story, acknowledge yeah, your own weaknesses. I think oftentimes, especially with MBTI, with yeah. your own type, you tend to focus very much, not you, like everyone, tend to focus extremely on like, wow, my type is so great and not really about the weaknesses. And it took me a while before I realized like I was really, and I still am really irritated by the notion that INTPs are robots because I definitely don't think that I'm a robot. Um, I I experience feelings, but I just experience them in a different way that other people do. So there's so many like misconceptions around all these different types, and that's why that's why it's so easy to get mixed up in MBTI and like just confuse it for like real people. And like it should not be the only thing that you use in order to connect with a person. It should not be your make or break. There are so many people that get irritated. By people using astrology to justify their every their every action and I think the mm-hmm. same should be said for MBTI it should not justify your every action your life is like your own 
and MBTI is literally like one of my biggest passions. I love it so much, but like, it's not the end all be all. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Typology overall, it's just like, I can't, I can't even name like the times I've looked at descriptions and I just haven't fit with them, even though that is my type, just because of all the stereotypes that are going on, trying to place people in a box. And that's not what we're trying to do here with MBTI, especially I feel like back to the 16 personalities hate, that's kind of what like it's caused, like the stereotyping on the site. I know a lot of it is like these certain types are more inclined to this and that, and they don't like this. And that's kind of just determining like what a person likes or what a person's interests are based off of their personality type when that's really not it we're just trying to understand how people think how people garner information and how they that how they like apply that into the real world and interact with others like in a simplified form that's literally just all we're trying to do with mbti we're not trying to box anyone here that's definitely not what you should be doing with mbti what a wholesome way to end off this this episode yeah yes so honestly thank you so much positive note Obviously, like, I think all, like, all of us are going to continue, like, loving and exploring MBTI and, like, different types. And I'm definitely going to link, like, those um, other tests you put, it, like you guys mentioned. I'll ask you guys for the links later, and then I'll link them. But, yeah, so thank you very much. This is very interesting. And, yeah, um, stop, stop censor hate. hate. Hashtag stop censor hate. Thank okay. you. Thank you, guys. Yep, thank you. Okay, bye.